know the love of Christ, Ephesians 3.19. To know the love of Christ that surpasseth knowledge is one of the things that the Apostle Paul prays for for the Christians in Ephesus. It's something that we should strive for as well. That is why this podcast is called To Know the Love of Christ. Each episode, we will study scripture in its context, but also dive deep to find the love of Christ, a love so fervent, so honest, and so faithful that it's the very essence of his being. We invite you to know the love of Christ. Welcome, 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 welcome to the first episode of To Know the Love of Christ. How exciting is this to do this podcast? It is exciting to be here with my friends, Brittany Kemp and Stephanie Kenyon. Hi. Hello. (laughs) We are members of the South Florida Avenue Church of Christ in Lakeland, Florida. Lots of prayers have been said for this podcast. Through God's providence and the approval and oversight of our elders, here it is. We are simply women who love the Lord and invite you to join us as we study his word. The title of this podcast is from the first book that we will be studying, the book of Ephesians. Lord willing, we will study several, or all, of the books of the Bible, not just to study the lessons in the pages, but also to to look for the love of Christ. The entire Bible is about the Lord and His love. In each episode, the goal is to find His love in the text. Okay, well, it is exciting to be here. So before we begin um, going through the book, let's start with Ephesus, the city. So um, to better understand the book of Ephesians, we should probably get some background information. Do you all know where Ephesus was located? Um, well, I had to study it, but yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Stephanie? I had to find out too. <laughs> But it's located in modern-day Turkey, right across from the Aegean Sea in Greece. Yeah, so um, it's an ancient city, Greek city in Asia Minor. Um, It became part of the Persian Empire, and Alexander the Great had part in its history. Um, Later became part of the Roman Empire, which is where we will start studying from. So religiously, the Greeks worshipped the goddess Artemis. Um, The Romans called her Diana. And depending on the version of the Bible, both these names are used. And for um, references, if you'd like to check that, you can look into Acts 19, 23 through 24. Um, so, And throughout history, Ephesus was a wealthy seaport, rich in trade, culture, and religion. Great. All right. Well, we first read about Ephesus in Acts 18 uh, with Paul and Aquila and Priscilla If um, you guys want to turn, we'll go to Acts 18, verses 18 through 21. And if either one of you want to grab that, you're welcome to. I'll go ahead and read it. Um, I'm actually reading out of the New King James Version. So Paul remained a good while. Then he took leave of the brethren and sailed for Syria. And Priscilla and Aquila were with him. He had cut his hair off in... hmm, Shankria? What'd you think? Shankria? Shankria, yeah. (laughs) For he had taken a vow, and he came to Ephesus and left them there. But he himself entered the synagogue and reasoned with the Jews. When they asked him to stay a a longer time with them, he did not consent, but took leave of them, saying, I must 
By all means, keep this coming feast in Jerusalem, but I will return again to you, God willing. And he sailed from Ephesus. All right, now Paul had left Corinth heading to Syria, but he stops in Ephesus, and he reasons with the Jews in the synagogue. Now, of course, we know that he had done this quite regularly. Um, he leaves, but Aquila and Priscilla stay in Ephesus, and they meet and teach Apollos more diligently or more accurately the things of Jesus. But the three of them leave for Corinth. Now let's go to Acts 19, 1 through 5. Do you have that, Brittany? I do, yeah. And um, I'm actually reading from the ESV. Um, <clears throat> and it happened that while Apollos was at Corinth, Paul passed through the inland country and came to Ephesus. There he found some disciples. And he said to them, Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? And they said, No, we have not even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. And he said, Into what then were you baptized? They said, Into John's baptism. And Paul said, John baptized with the baptism of repentance, telling the people to believe in the one who was to come after him, that is Jesus. On hearing this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. All right, now verse 1 here is where we see that Paul returns to Ephesus. And in verse 5, he establishes the church. And he spends two more years with them. We see that in verse 10. Now Acts 20, verse 1 is where we read that he leaves Ephesus to go to Macedonia. But starting in verse 17, he meets with the elders of the church in Ephesus. He has an emotional exhortation with them, encouraging them to be diligent in the shepherding of the Lord's flock. It is in this exchange that we learn of Jesus telling Paul, it is more blessed to give than to receive, in verse 35. This would be the last time they would see each other but not the last time that the Ephesians would hear from Paul, which brings us to this book. Now, Paul would be arrested soon after leaving Ephesus. When he writes this letter, he's in prison. This book is a letter that Paul wanted read to the church, like his other epistles. So an overview of the book of Ephesians. Um, we are going to study, uh, we will study this book in detail in future episodes, but as an overview, um, let's discuss a few things. This letter is a sister letter to the book of Colossians. 78 verses are the same that are in Colossians and Ephesians. The difference in the two is Ephesians is the relationship of the church to Christ, and Colossians is the relationship of Christ to his church. So each chapter, um, as an overview, chapter one, I guess you could say, it's the what of the book. Paul tells us about the Lord's church and the eternal plan that he always had for her, even before the foundation of the world. I find that amazing. <laughs> I do. I really find that really neat. Chapter two, it's the, I guess you could say, the who and the how. Who is saved in this plan and how they are saved. Now, chapter three would be the why, the question everyone at one time or another asks themselves, right? Now, chapters four, five, and six kind of blend together. They give us the results and the how-tos. For example, four and five is the result. Paul gives us the different walks of life 
in which we'll study more. I won't give too much away now. <laughs> now, five and six together, we learn of the specific roles with, this, with spiritual applications. And then chapter six is probably more well-known than the rest of the book, and it's the spiritual armor of God. But I like to say it's the spiritual armor of God written in chains because of Paul being in prison. And it's also Paul's encouraging farewell. So let's get into the book. Let's read chapter 1, verses 1 and 2. It's pretty short verses. You want to read it, Brittany? Sure, I'll read. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God, to the saints who are in Ephesus and are faithful in Christ Jesus, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, this is a typical greeting from Paul in his letters to the churches or to um, Timothy and Titus that he also writes. Mm -hmm. um, it, his typical greeting is he states who he is, whom he's writing to, and some uh, well-wishing of grace and peace from God. If you look at verse 1, Paul he states that he's an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God. We know that this is true, not just because we're reading it here, but in Acts 26, verses 16 through 18, he tells us more specifically. So let's look at Acts 26, 16 through 18. Stephanie, you want to read? All right. Verse 16. But rise and stand upon your feet, for I have appeared to you for this purpose, to appoint you as a servant and witness to the things in which you have seen me, and to those in which I will appear to you, delivering you from your people and from the Gentiles, to whom I am sending you to open their eyes, so that they may turn from darkness to light and from the power of Satan to God, that they may receive forgiveness of sins and a place among those who are sanctified by faith in me. So here's Paul. He's recounting his conversion when he meets Jesus on the road to Damascus. And this is Jesus telling him these words. So Jesus is telling him that he's sending him to the Gentiles, that he is called out from, you know, regular man. He's, he's mm -hmm. called out to for a specific job. So he is considered an apostle of Jesus Christ. Now, also in verse 2 of back in Ephesians 1, who is it that Paul is addressing? Uh, well, saints and, and the faithful in Ephesus and uh, maybe Christians from Acts 19 as well. Yes, absolutely. You remember in Acts 19, he established a church. He baptized in the name of Jesus. So therefore, he's addressing the Christians there. Verse 2. We, like, well, more like me, I, <laughs> tend to read this verse rather quickly in his um, epistles, these greetings. But this is actually very rich. Peace is something we all understand, right? Well, yeah. We strive to. <laughs> we strive to. But yeah, I mean, if you think about countries at war, you know, you understand peace because yeah. that's the complete opposite. It's calm. It's opposite of chaos, opposite of all things terrible. <laughs> so that we understand. But what would you say grace is? Hmm. Textbook answer is um, unmerited favor. Yeah, but what is unmerited <laughs> favor? Yeah, that's a good question. Yeah. I I don't know. I guess going along with the textbook answer, too, I mean, well, no, that would be more of mercy, receiving what you don't really 
deserve, I guess that would be more of mercy. Mm-hmm. Ooh, grace. That's a that's a good question. It is, huh? It's, it's something to think about. Yeah. Um, it is something we're going to learn more as we read in Ephesians, but I was curious to know what you guys thought it was. I've always thought of it as, um, you know, when you purchase something, like a big purchase, a computer or something, or mm-hmm. you have this grace period where if something goes wrong, it, you can send it back. So it's like it's, it's a time frame or a period that is extended to you for something good, right? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It's just a time, not necessarily a time frame, but it's, a, it's something that's extended to you that they don't necessarily have to. Right. Yeah. You know? True. Mm-hmm. So in in Jesus's case, um, the mercy that in God's case, when He extends grace to us, not mercy, but grace, it's something that we don't deserve, but He gives it to us out of the goodness of who He is. Mm. Yeah. That's a yeah. That's a good way. That's okay. a good way to put it. And for like, sure. what would be the goodness that He He gives to us? He extends to us. Jesus, for one. Yeah. <laughs> Overarching <laughs> salvation. Yeah, absolutely. You know, but within that, there are several smaller things mm-hmm. that make up that and make up the blessings that we'll get into in the rest of the chapter. Yeah, definitely. We had just studied only just these two verses, but can we find the love of Christ here? Absolutely. For sure. Yeah? yeah. Where? Tell me about it. <laughs> <laughs> Well, there's just the fact that God has given us his word mm-hmm. in any of the books, which, I mean, that's a very generic answer, but the fact that this exists for us and that it has been preserved through his will and his providence that we're able to read these things and have a life, you know, that'll get us to heaven through his grace that he mentions in verse 2, that grace and peace. We know that we can have a peace that passes all understanding from him, and we wouldn't be able to get that anywhere else. Yeah. Yeah. And I would say too, you know, just in the in the first two verses okay. With in the first two verses, you know, Paul ex- extending greetings and then well when you when you go back and you study more, I guess maybe a little bit more of who Paul was and what he came from and stuff, you can see the love of Christ, the love of God just within his life and the fact that like Stephanie said that this book was preserved, but he did it through an individual, Paul, who at one point went around persecuting Christians. And now, I mean, most times when we speak about the Bible and we speak about books in the New Testament, the first person individuals always want to talk about or run to is Paul. Yeah. So, you know, you can definitely see the love of Christ within his life. And I think it's some reassurance for us, you know, and which we'll learn more as we continue to read the books, but there's also some reassurance there for us to know that if Paul can make the change, so can we, you know? So there's, you see the love of Christ in his life and how God worked through him. It gives us hope and it reassures us too that no matter what's going on in our life, there is hope for us and we can see the love of Christ in our life as we've made mistakes in the past and God has forgiven us. You know, we become better individuals for that, for sure. Yeah, definitely. I think the where I see the love of Christ is that he saw him on the road to Damascus. You know, he 
actually saw him. He was on a mission to destroy the church, to destroy the way. Everything that had to do with Jesus, he was out to destroy. And a simple encounter with Jesus on the road, well, simple. I mean, he was blinded <laughs> by a light, yeah. but, you know, but I, it, it took that for him to completely turn his life around, mm-hmm. to see the Lord Jesus right there in front of him. Yes. And know that he was in the wrong and Jesus could have instantly you know destroyed him right there but he didn't so that's the grace that Paul wants to extend to everybody else that was extended to him and you can tell from you know we will study more of course in Ephesians but you can tell how much he loves the Lord you know, for for sparing him, for extending the grace, showing him mercy. So, to me, that's where I see the love of Christ and just the simple greeting he gives right there. Definitely. And then you could take it one step further. I mean, that was obviously a big deal to have Christ appear to you on the road. And we don't have that in our lives. But God saw the potential in him. And if he thought that the potential in someone who was, in essence, murdering, people what kind of potential does he see in us yeah for sure yeah the comments that you made Dee, just kind of made me think of and I know this is a little bit off topic but I just thought about it It was interesting you think about Nathaniel when Jesus saw Nathaniel up under the fig tree and Andrew goes to him and he says you know come see what I've seen I've come out of Nazareth um I'm paraphrasing, but and Nathaniel says, can anything good come out of Nazareth? And then Nazareth, and then he comes to Jesus, and Jesus said, I saw you, you know? So you just think about that situation with Paul. He's on the road to Damascus. Jesus sees him, which, again, is the hope that, like, even in our weakest moments or sometimes in our grandest moments, God sees us always. Yeah, that's a good point. I like that. So there you have it. We have found the love of Christ in the background of the city of Ephesus and the first two verses in the book of Ephesians. We want to thank you again for joining us today. I know it was just a quick visit, but being that this is our first one, we wanted to just establish the um, the way we're going to do our podcast, I guess you could say, and we'll develop it more, I'm, I'm sure. Um, but we want to thank you, our listener, for listening today and joining us. Please join us next time when we get deeper than just these two verses. <laughs> <laughs> we promise that if the Lord wills, we will dig and search and learn all about the Lord's eternal plan that we're going to read in the next few verses that he put into place, but most of all, to know the love of Christ. The next time you open your Bible to study, we encourage you to look for it too.